Welcome, everyone, to the First Year Experience Podcast. This is Dr. Jose Saliva, and joining me today are as uh, an academic advisor and a current student, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to them and allow them to introduce themselves. So our first guest to my right is... Hi, my name is Jessica Alvarado. I'm an academic advisor here at UTRGV. Thank you, Jessica. And to my left... Aaron Reyes. I'm a current student at UTRGV. All right. Thank you for joining us today, Aaron. And uh, also joining us is... Hi, it's Cynthia Saltivar. I'm the First Year Experience Coordinator. Thank you all for joining us. Today's episode is part of a series that we call the four-letter words. Um, and these are n not maybe the typical four-letter words that we think of when we think of four-letter words. Um, but these are words that I think um, students can relate to and resonate with students. And so today's word is fail. And so what we wanted to talk about was, you know, for, for many students, they, they're coming in, they obviously have high expectations of doing well and wanting to be successful. Um, but as happens with many students, they stumble. They experience obstacles or things that make it difficult to find success in every single one of their classes. Uh, I remember as an undergraduate, the first time I ever failed a course was in college. It wasn't something that I was prepared for. Um, but I've invited our guests in today to talk about sort of their own experiences with fail and with failing failure, um, and maybe we can learn from their experiences, see what kind of kind of advice they can offer us. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Who who wants to go first? For me, I've always I've always been a pretty decent student, and so my concept of fail may not be the same as everybody else's. I can say that I have never failed a course with a D or an F. I do remember my one and only C, and that to me was failing, because when you've always been an A student, um, that could really feel like a failure. I definitely think that there are other aspects in my life that I fail at. Um, whether it be relationships, whether it be job opportunities. So I kind of want to open up the discussion to the guests to also think about, not just in the classroom, but whether what other aspects in your life do you feel that maybe you kind of stumbled on or failed upon? Well, as an undergrad, I, similar as Sylvia, or Cynthia, I'm sorry, um, I never actually failed a course, but failure to me was constantly changing. So failure in my first year could have been, oh man, I failed a test, like I'm such a failure, to when I finally graduated being, oh my God, I don't have a job lined up, I haven't gotten into any grad program, where is my life going from here? And so your definition of failure is always changing to what you're doing, to where you are in your life. I, I agree uh, about living in the moment. I'm very um, well-versed in failure. I am, um, I have 55 hours completed right now, so that makes me a sophomore, I think. I've been here since 2012, since the fall semester. And my first two semesters, I attempted 24 hours total, and I got out with nine completed hours. I left uh, school with a 1.68 GPA, and frankly, I didn't want to be here. And in this kind of process of failing these classes, um, I, I took you, Sandibar, uh, I took your class, and you asked me how I was doing, and I lied to you. I constantly, I would say, yeah, no, it's, doing, it's going great, it's doing fine, and it's, there's a lot of denial, a lot of not living in the moment. 
but it's, I was kind of like numb to this failure. I was letting it happen to myself. Like I could see myself just crumbling as a person. And the next two years would come and I wouldn't go to school. And I turned 21 in 2014 at my rock bottom. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I'm, I've been a big guy my entire life. But at this time I'm 344 pounds. I have no job. I'm out of school for two years. I haven't done anything. And I remember my 21st birthday because that was the first day of my grandmother's rosary. And it was just, it just all came together and it's, it just hit me like, you have to do something. You can't ignore it. You can't be okay with this or be content with being a a failure. So I think it just, I agree with living in the moment, um, accepting what happened not necessarily dwelling in it, but just kind of living with it, learning to accept it, and then picking yourself up from there. Wow, that's um, uh, quite the experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I, I don't think, um, you know, I, I think just experiencing failure is difficult, right? Um, and. I think regardless of what you're, where you're coming from and what you're bringing with you to the university, uh, again, looking at this broad sort of concept of fail and failure, uh, while it's easy to say kind of live in the moment, I, I, and I do agree, I totally agree. Um, I think accepting it, kind of right, accepting responsibility for that failure, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I often share with my students, the first and only class I failed was my sophomore year in college. And the funny thing is, I always tell them, it was my favorite class. And it was the class I went to all the time. It was the class I took notes for. Um, And I often share the story in relation to learning and how, how we learn. But for me, it was it was sort of giving, getting over my stubbornness, and I was incredibly stubborn, and I didn't want to change. And I think a lot of us, a lot of times when I, when in talking to students, advising students, the students that struggle often are reluctant to change, are reluctant to even question sort of their habits and routines. Um, but I, I think one acceptance, right, taking responsibility for it, is a huge step. Um, what other advice? What other things can we share with our with our listeners out there for how how do we best you know one I think deal with failure and so we've said acceptance, but then how do we how do we push forward? How do we push on? How do we sort of see the the, the positive side of things? From my experience, um, everyone's different. Um, for me personally, it takes someone to come and distract me and be like, hey, let's go get ice cream, let's go do something. And for me, that's just how it's always been. For others, it could be like, it does, it's not even a big deal to them, or they could themselves could just kind of see that they need to like kick it up a notch. A lot of times we have to hit rock bottom before we can kind of do anything. So I would just say you have to kind of find what works best for you, and that looks and that's really hard, you know, because even those who are at me at 22 now, I still don't understand, and even others who like my parents, I, like in their 50s and 60s, they'll still kind of tell me like we don't even have it all figured out. And just to hear how someone else has struggled and how they picked themselves up, that's encouraging. You know how J.K. Rowling became a 25-year-old mother, you know, almost homeless, to world superstar author. It's just it's really motivating and that can help a lot. Thank you for reminding us of that, right? It's possible to 
to be at a certain age, even where you know you 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 sort of made it um, this idea of making it right, getting to the point where you have a career, you have a job, but still not feeling like maybe you've accomplished everything, or still not having figured it out. You know, I I certainly feel like that. Now, I have plenty of days where I feel like that, right? I haven't figured it out, mm-hmm. don't know where I'm at. Um, and so that's that's I think that's important for our listeners to hear. Aaron, you know, you were very open about your experiences with failure and about hitting rock bottom. Where are you at now? Tell us about where you're at now. And are you at a, and are you at a different place? So yeah, um, I've I've learned to identify with failure in a different way. Where I'm not the guy that dropped out of school with a 1.68 GPA or a guy that was 344 pounds. I, I try to identify myself as the guy that came back to school, the guy that's doing well that has a 3.4 GPA, that that lost 100 pounds. You know, and I'm trying I'm trying to be that guy, and I'm trying to build on that guy to be better from than him, better than myself like every day. And what really helped in that time, like 2014 was like my rock bottom. What really helped was my friends uh, that um, that were doing really well in school, in life. Uh, they had jobs. They're pretty close to graduating, um, living on their own. And I was not that at all. But seeing them be accomplished, I think it didn't. It motivated me in a, in a good way, and it was the same with my like weight loss journey. Like it was not necessarily looking at myself, but looking at others that were able to succeed with a plan that they got that whether they got there through working hard the entire life or from failing and then rising from it. Like it's just surrounding yourself with people that like you can aspire to, that you want to make proud as well. Yeah. I think because they made me proud, and I wanted to return that to them. I, I think there's so much in what you just said, because I think a lot of times we become our own worst enemy, right? Yeah. So instead of looking at the positive and instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to be that person that is succeeding in school, we get so caught up in our our lacks and our not good enoughs. And um, I think it's really, really powerful that um, you're able to do that and see yourself in that way. Um, I also think it's really great that you could look at your friends and aspire to be like them. I think one thing that people sometimes do is they let envy and jealousy control their actions and their motivations. And they use that as an excuse, like, oh, they have it so much easier, right? This whole concept of the grass is always greener on the other side. But when you use that as motivation, it can really shape your perspective. So part of our society is this whole notion of the underdog and the person trying to do what they're not good at and then they succeed, right? And so we're always looking at what are we bad at to make better and we don't really foster the notion of what am I really great at so that I'm just awesome all the time yeah. right and I think that's again the society and the Cinderella story that we look for that yeah. um, and so as a parent I'm trying not to do that right because it's really easy you know you, you think your child is a reflection on you so when she acts up in public it's like oh my god what are they thinking of me yeah. but and I think that's how as parents we reinforce the notion of fail and failure and yell and you made a mess and because everything becomes a reflection of us. So how do we shift that? Right, and even the language we use in the academic setting, like you failed one of three classes, like now the next two classes are going to be harder. Like now, like instead of encouraging Reveal. them, like... Not, not we, were, we were just right. talking about, yes, I we were. hate 
the word remedial. And it's and like like you know Cynthia was explaining, there are times when I'm saying instead of remedial, it's developmental. Just using the better language because language does shape us a lot. And she's like, oh okay. And I'm telling a student, and I'm saying, okay, this developmental course, and they're like, what's that? And you say remedial, and they're like, oh okay. And I didn't realize how it was enforcing reinforcing that like, oh, it's a remedial until. Cynthia was like, well, that's when we say, well, now it's called developmental, or we call it developmental, and we don't, we don't pinpoint on the fact that you have to take this because you didn't do so well on a test. You have to, you know, it's just this will help you. It's supportive. It's, you know, you have a better chance of passing this because it works more on your strengths, and it, you know, it helps you. If you experience failure, uh, there are other opportunities to find success. Um, what what are the things would you all like to share and, and possibly leave them with? Um, elaborating on that, sometimes a failure is the best thing that could ever happen to you, and you just don't know it until later. You know, some of my what I what at the time I would think are my biggest failures. It could be in relationships of, of all types. I look forward in life, and I'm like, I'm so much better without that person. I'm so much better without that obstacle in my life that I thought I failed at. So it's all about perspective, and you just can't let it define you. I would just again living in the moment but also realizing that this is not your final moment realizing that it may not be tomorrow and it may not even be next year but things have a way of getting better and working themselves out um, my mom always says that everything happens for a reason and I am not a believer in that at all um, just because it just it's hard for me to sometimes find reasons right it's, it's hard to find the reason of why I tried so hard and yet I still failed yeah. you know but now in my old age I'm starting to, to think that maybe there is reasons and maybe we think we're going down this predestined path but these obstacles are shaping up to where we really need to be. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, guests, for coming in and, and sharing your experiences, sharing your stories. Um, I think, uh, you know, valuable tips um, and suggestions and advice for our students and for our listeners. Uh, and so thank you for coming in. Uh, for, your, for our listeners out there, thank you. We'll uh, look forward to stay tuned for the next four-letter word in our series. And uh, we'll check you next time.